Good afternoon and welcome to the Imagine Golf Podcast brought to you by Imagine Golf. You can go to imaginegolf.com to see all of our offerings, including our free drills, our free practice plans, virtual lessons, uh, free ebooks, or to book a lesson with me. And you can sign up for our free lesson tips uh, that go out once a week, every week, by simply dropping us your email. So I'm joined today by our producer, Morgan. Morgan, how are you today? I'm good, Daniel. How are you today? Thank you for having me on the podcast. My pleasure. For those that don't know Morgan, uh, Morgan has done almost everything at Imagine Golf. She's uh, been a cart girl, for crying out loud. She's run clinics for us and uh, proverbial uh, jack-of-all-trades here. So now Morgan's acting as our producer. So Morgan, thanks for joining us today. It's much appreciated. Of course, of course. So today we're going to talk about a subject that um, I see all the time, every day, as a matter of fact, uh, because we're doing lessons every day and it's the two most, uh, or two, two of the biggest flaws. Let's say 90% of all of our new students come into Imagine Golf with these two faults, if you would, or these two challenges, however you want to say it in their golf swing. And what's nice about that is, is that once we fix them, um, they're pretty much off and running. Um, the bad news is, is that sometimes they're not as easy to fix as one would think, or quite candidly, they'd be fixed already. So, um, but without any further ado, those two things, and not in any order, are number one, their swing is too steep, um, meaning that the club comes essentially just goes too vertical or too straight up in the air and not around their body. And the second one we see is that the student's sequencing um, and how they sequence their body through the golf swing is totally out of whack or incorrect or both for that matter. So um, let's talk about too steep, right? Uh, one that, you know, probably plagues at least 70% of all golfers at all levels, even some of the better golfers, um, at times in their career have been too steep. And by definition, uh, too steep is really simple. It's simply that, uh, once, once a club or instead of, I should say a club working around the body, it actually works upward towards the sky, uh, and then straight down to the ground. And what it's, what a too steep of a, of a descent does or too steep of a takeaway and then too steep of a descent does is a lot of things and, and are all bad. Um, the you know, too thin shots, um, thick shots, we're not allowed to say fat anymore, so thick shots, um, anything that comes <laughs> off the toe, off the heel, um, you know, these are all the early extension, these are all things that can be attributed to um, too steep of a, of a backswing and too steep of a descent down. So um, we, we, really, we really try to get the student just to kind of reprogram what they, what they really think of when they're, when they start thinking about their back. And, you know, we, we use video to start with, we always use video as kind of a baseline and show people, um, where they started, if you would. And then from there, we put them through a series of drills where we get them to swing wider or flatter around their body. Um, we're big proponents of swing off the ball, um, without a ball, um, there's less pressure and you can do the swing more a- uh, accurately if you would. Um, without the pressure of having a golf ball there. So we're big advocates of that. In fact, we've even stole a few things from, from Hank Haney in that we have students swing backwards or clockwise uh, around their body, if you would, just to get them a feel of what a flatter, um, more uh, horizontal swing feels like instead of this sweet uh, or steep swing, if you would. So um, one of the big, big drills that we use um, to get someone to start swinging flatter, if you would, or wider, you might heard, um, is that we simply close their stance. We ask the student to take their regular setup. We then ask them to move their foot back significantly, at least halfway back in their stance, and sometimes even more. And that forces the club to come around the body a little bit differently and definitely flatter. 
uh, and then they swing as normal. So the, the club comes back, you take your stance, excuse me, you move your right foot or your back foot back for a right-handed golfer, uh, and then you, you get set, weight is distributed uh, evenly across your feet, and then you swing as you normally would. And you're going to notice immediately that that back swing is way easier to turn to your right, and because of that, the club starts to lay a little flatter in the backswing, if you would. So there's that's one real easy way to do it. The other way we do it is we get them on grass and we put two uh, alignment sticks behind them, um, and right behind them. And we put these alignment sticks in the ground um, at an angle that's parallel to this shaft. So these, these alignment sticks are about maybe a foot and a half apart. And the ball would be in the center of those alignment sticks, if you can imagine. And it's about two feet behind the golfer. And then what we ask the golfer to do is, is just swing down through those alignment sticks without hitting, obviously, either one. And if the swing is, is too upright or over the top, as an example, it'll gravitate towards the outside stick. And if it's too shallow uh, or coming in inappropriately, it'll start hitting the, the inside stick. So it really promotes a, a proper swing plane, if you would. And before you know it, in just a matter of minutes, the student is starting to swing uh, more appropriate and start to make way better contact with the golf ball. So um, it's not that difficult if you know what you're doing, how to get, get around it, if you would. Um, it is extremely difficult if you don't practice it because, like I tell all our students here at Imagine, if you don't practice what we're learning in the lesson here at least once or twice a week, it's not going to help. You can't just take a lesson and get better. Uh, over. You've got to do these things over and over again over time. Um, the sequencing piece, and that's another challenge. I, I think the number one challenge for people with bad sequencing is they, they probably don't even know what the proper sequencing is, right? And imagine we stick with predominantly with Ben Hogan's teaching in that, look, we, on, the, on the backswing, we're looking for your hands. It goes hands, arms, shoulders, hips. And on the downswing, it's hips, shoulders, arms, hands. So in the backswing, my hands turn my, or pull my arms back. My arms turn my shoulders and ultimately my shoulders turn my hips. And a lot of people get that, right? I mean, it's pretty easy to swing a golf club back appropriately for our sequencing. But there again, on the downswing, almost everybody gets it wrong. And they start, instead of their hips, they'll start with their arms or they'll start with their shoulders. And all you know, just when you say that out loud, um, you just know that it's going to produce an inappropriate um, uh, attempt at the golf ball. So all we do is we get these students and we get them. We actually have what's called a swing ring. It's been around since the, the it's probably the 70s, if you would. But it's a it's a huge PVC pipe that's in a circle. We set it at about 70 degrees and we throw the student in there and we get them to, to swing that club on that ring. And then we ask them to just to kind of think about what, how it feels marketably different than what they do. And since it's set at 70 degrees, it's easy to get the proper sequence, especially without a golf ball. And we're doing it in slow motion. So we get them to feel what it feels like to get back with their, get the club back where it's supposed to at the top of their backswing. And then at the top of their backswing, start down with their hips, hips, shoulders, arms, hands. And once a student understands that, it, it for whatever reason, it just becomes that much easier. Now, I, I know there's a ton of people who say, oh, if it's that easy, everyone do it. Look, I get it. But if you don't understand um, what the process is, you're never going to do it. And if your body can't feel what the proper sequence is, then it's very, very hard to replicate. I can stand behind a student all day long and tell them to do this, do this, turn more, hips, shoulders, arms, hands all day long until they're blue in the face. But if they haven't felt what it feels like, it's really, really difficult to pull off. So um, that's really it as far as sequencing is concerned, right? We just get the customer or the student to feel what it feels like. Um, we get them to release some tension. A lot of our students are way tense, way too tense in their golf swing. And 
we get them to swing from the inside. Essentially, a golf swing is you know inside to inside, right? We the club head comes down or the club shaft comes down, the club head comes to the ball from the inside. It's parallel at impact, and then it goes back to the inside on the follow through. So if we get them the proper sequencing of hips, shoulders, arms, hands, then that starts to come almost second nature, right? Almost second nature. Um, and it's amazing. Everyone says the same thing. Oh, wow, it feels so much better. Feels so much more natural, I hear all the time. Oh, my back doesn't hurt. So, um, you know, ultimately a golf swing, if done properly, should not be hurting one's back. So that's a whole nother subject. We should probably do that, Morgan, for a podcast someday. But if you <laughs> if, if you swing properly, um, you're not going to have any, any back issues per se for the most part anyway. So um, that's really it for today's podcast. Well, we have a bunch of uh, questions that have been coming in our our, uh, the popularity of the podcast is starting to take off. So we're getting flooded with questions. So I thought we'd do uh, two or three questions today. So Morgan, uh, hit me with a question or two that you got from, uh, from the audience. So Michael writes into us a very good question saying, Daniel, I've been playing most of my adult life. I'm 52 with, for the last three years, I've been playing more than ever about two to three times a week, wow. once a week with the same foursome. While I'm not good, I'm not horrible either. My handicap is 18. My irons are really inconsistent. And many of my playing partners are always telling me, keep your head down. I'm not even sure what that really means. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Can nice. you speak a little to that, Daniel? Yeah. Is that Michael? Is that what you said? Yes. So, Michael's what? So, so uh, Michael, I, I've, I've taught 10,000 Michaels like this. <laughs> So um, <laughs> uh, listen, it, it's probably the number one bad advice, piece of bad advice that that playing partners and friends and relatives give to people is keep your head down, right? Um, we never say it at, at Imagine. Um, no good golf instructor uh, says it, if you would, because ultimately, uh, I always joke with people, look, you know, if you're lifting your head up, if you're picking your, that would be that that would be assuming almost like a turtle like a turtle would take its head out of its shell and only lift your head and everything else stays perfectly still and that's not a, that never happens in a golf swing so if someone is is ultimately picking their head up they're picking their entire body up right and the body itself the, the head doesn't pull the body the body pushes the head so we're, we're when we see that in, in a student when we see them um, moving upward through the golf swing, there's a challenge there. And, and many times it's caused from your hands, as an example, are coming too close to the body or the club head, uh, uh, it, it, as we talked earlier, is too steep. The swing itself is too steep. And your brain, which is making millions of calculations during you know that uh, 0.8 seconds that a golf swing takes, uh, is making all these different connections. And it knows that, hey, that's too steep, man, that's going to hurt Michael's wrists. So we better get out of the way here and we better stand up a little bit so that Michael doesn't hurt his, his wrist because he's got a wedding to go to next weekend or something like that. So, you know, so keeping your head, head down, um, you know, we always tell people, look, it's first of all, it's not a thing. Second of all, um, we keep, we tell people to keep your eye on the golf ball, keep your eye on the golf ball and swing away from your body. And if you'll do that, then you don't ever have to worry about, keeping your head down per se. All right, Daniel, thank you for that input. Um, and we also had Mary right into us saying, Daniel, I finally made the decision to get better this off season. I'm an average player who plays once a week during the season and about twice a week down south during the winter. I was considering getting new clubs and my husband suggested I get lessons instead. 
what do you suggest? Jeez. I suggest uh, I need to start playing more golf. All these students are playing a lot more golf than I am for sure. Um, <laughs> so look, I mean, it's almost a setup question for an instructor, right? I mean, um, I, I get that question every once in a while and, and I answer it always the same way. Like, like what are you playing now equipment wise, right? Um, and if that equipment is so god awful and, and, and old or inappropriate for the student, then that's an obvious answer. They, they need to get better equipment. If the equipment is, is average or better, then um then lessons it's just a no-brainer right i i i believe that if you know what you're doing or have a better understanding of how to do it you'll be better at it right i mean simply if you ever had a role model in anything you did in life and you just watch somebody that's good at what they do you're going to get better so lessons many times just just set people in a appropriate direction if you would for their game you know and when we're not talking about you know the lessons that are like uh, online where they're you know real generic and and you know all things for everybody we're talking about a specific golf lesson with a golf professional um you'll get better and you should get better right away so you know none of this stuff oh i took lessons and i don't get better i didn't get that better i got worse or whatever i heard that every once in a while well you didn't take a lesson from me and you didn't take a lesson from anyone out on staff and imagine golf i assure you so mary i, I highly agree with your husband Get some lessons under your belt. Um, by the way, once you get bet a better swing, it's easier to get fitted appropriately for go uh, golf clubs. It's a it's a fitter's nightmare when um, someone rolls in with a really inconsistent swing and they're all over the place and they're trying to get fit for a professional or professionally fit for a set of golf clubs, uh, golf irons, and whatever. Um, the, the fitter really, you know, he doesn't really have he or she doesn't really have a anywhere to really go other than aesthetics and uh, you know a few few points here and there that may help. But um, so golf lessons, definitely over clubs. Um, I would say 90% of the time, unless those clubs are uh, are inappropriate. So um, there you have it, Morgan. We're a little bit over time today. So I try to keep this podcast uh, under 15 minutes here. We're running around 17 today. So I'm going to wrap it up today. Uh, we'll answer some more questions uh, on our next podcast. But uh, thank you for listening today. Hey, please hit the button below. Follow us below. At, uh, we're on all the uh, directories, uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, iPod, uh, or, or iPod. <laughs> That's how old I am. Morgan. Uh, <laughs> Apple, Apple uh, iPodcast, um, and we're uh, on iHeartRadio. So thanks a lot for listening, and see you soon. Daniel, thank you for having me. You too, Mark. Take care.